You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Glory to God. For those of you who don't, you know, I don't know. It just thrills my heart. That, like I said, that it's Pentecost Sunday. But there's been some things the Lord just kind of quickened to my heart. Go in your Bibles if you have. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14. Because he just kind of spoke to my heart and said, take the whole month of June. Of course, we know we have Brother Larry's coming and he's a blessing and he's a really dear friend of mine. And so, uh, of course, he's been coming for years and years and years. We go all the way back to 1983. And uh, so almost, uh, you know, 40 some odd years. And I guess that's 40 years, huh? If you do that, do the math, almost 40 years knowing each other. And uh, he, he looks like he's a lot older than, no, he's, he is older than me, but he looks a lot, so just, I got to give him a hard time. He's a great guy. He's actually preaching in a church in Sacramento this morning, and uh, we're praising God and believing God for good things there. But, um, you know, God just spoke to my heart about sharing on the, on the Holy Spirit. And he, he told me, read uh, John chapter 14, 15, 16, and 17, and I've read them about 10 times now, maybe even more. I've made it more than that in my life, but I've just, just in the past, if you think, just continually read it over, and it's so amazing uh, of what Jesus said and it, 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 the last hours of his life. He said, okay, I, I only got a few more hours left. What is the main thing I got to give to the, this, these disciples? I've been with them three and a half years. I've been doing all this stuff. And isn't it funny? Because if you do read down, you realize that it gets, it gets down where he starts talking to them in the 16th chapter. And all of a sudden they say, you're finally talking plainly to us. And now we believe. He said, do you finally believe? Are you now actually going to believe after three and a half years and I've only got a few hours left and now finally, it finally sunk in? It's amazing. And, and uh, so, but this is so vitally important because so many people get so nervous about this, the Holy Spirit, who's the, the Spirit, of, uh, and it's the third person of the God that's actually doing all the work in the earth today. God the Father, God the Son, they finished their work. But the Holy Spirit's doing what they've asked him to do, and he's the one that's on the inside of us. Amen? Jesus said in John chapter 14, you know, if you look at here in verse 16, he said, I will pray the Father, and he'll give you another comforter or another helper that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I love that. I love that he's going to give us another help. The comforter, and it, the Bible says, you know, it said he's a comforter. So if he's a comforter and he's a helper, he's not our enemy. Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit didn't come to show up all your flaws? I mean, we, can, we know all your flaws. We can tell you all those things. Just hang out with you for a few minutes. He didn't come to do that. He came to... Believe it or not, he came to give you control of your life. So you can't have control of your life until you get born again, until you make Jesus the Lord of your life. And you really can't have control of your life until you get led by the Spirit or get filled with the Spirit and allow him to be the leader instead of you. Thank you for your overwhelming response. But see, the problem is, is that we have this ten- tendency to think that we know what we can do or we, we're smarter than he is. And we're not smarter than God. We're not smarter than the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit, he'll make you a genius if you let him. He'll make you look a whole lot smarter than who you are. 
Amen. He, he really, really will. You know, we just read you verses 16 and 17. Go down to verses 26 and 27. It says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Man, aren't you glad that we don't have to act like the world? We don't have to be afraid. You know, that's the most wonderful thing. Because I have so many people that have, you know, talked to me, people in the world, even, and lots of Christians too. They say, well, you just seem so confident. You seem so sure that everything's going to be okay. I said, yeah, I read the back of the book. We win. You know, we do. You guys realize we do win, right? You do realize that if you're born again and you've made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you're a citizen of heaven. So no matter what goes on on earth does not change your position in heaven. It doesn't change the plan and the purpose of God. It doesn't change what God is doing on the earth. And God had a plan that Jesus said, it is expedient. It is so much more to your advantage, so much more important that I go to the Father because then the Father's going to send the Holy Spirit. And you'll know I made it to heaven, hallelujah, so you'll know I'm coming back because the Holy Spirit will come. And the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. They were in the upper room for 10 days. Jesus walked on the earth for 40 days, making himself appearance in front of over 500 people. 500 people saw Jesus alive on the earth after his resurrection, but only 120 were in the upper room, only 25%. Because it's the parable of the sower. There's four types of ground, only 25% are going to actually receive the word of God. Aren't you glad you're part of that 25%? Aren't you glad that you took over? Because, see, that's why the Bible talks about how difficult it is. You know, we, we go out, we're sharing the gospel, we're preaching, and it falls, seems to fall on deaf ears. It's because the God of this world has blinded their eyes. Amen. And he's blinded, he's blinded a lot of Christians' eyes to see the truths of the word of God, especially in the area of just the spirit of God. Hallelujah. You know my story. I grew up in a church that said, you know, that, that once you got born again, that's all you got. Nothing else. But then I kept reading the Bible, kept reading the Bible, and I kept bringing them over into the epistles, and I kept getting sent to the pastor's office. And I kept saying, what about this scripture? And what about these scriptures? What about this book? And what about this? You know, you, know, you keep digging in the word of God. You keep getting hungry. You'll get filled. They that hunger and thirst for righteous shall be filled. Amen. And I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Spoke with other tongues. Changed my life. And actually what happened is, is that I got control of my life through the Holy Spirit. It's such a blessing. I got off the roller coaster and got on a rocket ship. And I've been on that ship ever since. Been excited about what God is doing. Hallelujah. Good things. Go with me if you would over to Galatians chapter 5. I like to use the Bible. I don't like to, you know, they, they try to, I try to get them things. Actually, we used to do this really cool. I used to have three months of sermons ready. I could have the notes back there for Miss Angelica. She could put them up here. It's all cool. And then COVID hit. And then God hit. And then he said, you're not going to know what you're going to preach on until... And it's just been a walk of faith. It's been a challenge. But someone says, well, that's not, and it's not wrong. A lot of my friends, I know, I have wonderful pastor friends, pastored large churches. They know what they're going to preach for the next two years. They do. They have it all set up. 
And I don't, I'm not judging them or anything. They know exactly what's going to go down. They know exactly how things are going to be lined out. I'm like, you guys are amazing. You're so organized. I, I just feel inadequate there. But God just changed our whole thing of Harvest Bible Church. And when he did, it made it fun. So, so you know, someone says, well, do you know what you're going to do? Not a thing. But we're going to have fun, though. I have notes, though. I have four pages of notes. I mean, they're all typed out real pretty, got highlights in yellow. They're all good. And if you read my notes, you'd say, man, this is really good. He never follows them, but they're really good. They are. Hey, but the scriptures are all on here. Hey, look at Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16 and 17, if you would. He said this. He said, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. So he, he declares this to us because he said, for the lust, the flesh lusts us against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another so that you cannot do the things that you would. I want to read that to you out of the New Living Translation. He said, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite to what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Now, if you jump down to verse 25, in the, in the King James, it says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. In the New Living Translation, it says, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. See, when you allow the Holy Spirit to lead and direct it, and what do I mean by that? It's just allowing the Spirit of God, hallelujah, that which is in you, you know that, God gave you that, you know that on the inside of you because of the Word of God, because you've been born again, so that new nature is on the inside of you. Isn't it amazing when you got born again, nobody had to tell you to start worshiping God. Nobody had to tell you that you wanted to learn from Him. You just were so thrilled to be saved. And if you weren't, then we need to get you born again. We need to get you saved. I, I like, you know, we, we laughingly joke that we need to hold you down when we baptize you so that the bubbles, so that you like breathing. And then it's good, but we don't do that. You know, we, we do baptize, but we don't hold you down. You know, I said that one time and we had a young man. He, he decided, I'm not, uh-uh, pastor's going to drown me. I said, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But you need to have life. See, from the moment that we get born again, there's just that nature, that hunger, that desire, hallelujah, to, to, to want to love God, to want to know him. Remember John chapter 17, verse 3 says, this is eternal life, knowing the one true and living God. To know God. It's that, that's what eternal life is, is getting to know God. The wonderful thing is, is that the more we get to know him, the more we get to know that there's so much more to know. Amen. I mean, I believe that throughout eternity, even in heaven and even in the new, new earth and new heavens, God's a creator. God's going to be doing things and, and we're going to be oohing and on all the way through. That's why when scientists say, well, we've got this galaxy, there's that galaxy, there's this guy. Of course, because God's a creator. He, everything he says comes to pass. So he just has having fun. It, it doesn't ever end. Amen. I believe that. I believe good things are going to take place. But here's, here's the one thing that we've forgotten is that God wants to reveal himself to us right now on the earth. And the Holy Spirit's job. See, that's the Holy Spirit's job. 
Go back to John chapter 14 if you would. Hallelujah. If you didn't bring your Bibles, uh, hopefully maybe they can just jump up there. But John chapter 14, you know, and uh, look at verse 26 again. Um, and 16 and, and, and 17 there. Hallelujah. But when he says in John in 26, he says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to rem- your remembrance of whatever Jesus had said. People say, yeah, but I'm trying to figure out, the, I want to try to, how do I get to know the Holy Spirit? Well, you get to know Jesus. If you want to know how the Holy Spirit would react to things, you know what Jesus reacted. You read the four Gospels. Read the four Gospels. You'll find out everything that Jesus, every question that they came to Jesus, everything that Jesus faced, everything would be the same way, the way he did it, it would be the same way the Holy Spirit would do it. Why? Because they're one and the same. They're all three, but there's three in one. Amen? We try to figure it out with our brain. We can't, so we want to try to say things. We always want to make things up. Hallelujah. But... The moment that we get born again, the moment that the Spirit of God, because the Holy Spirit's revealing what we have in being a new creature in Christ Jesus. He's revealing what Adam lost in the garden. Amen? That fellowship, that, that knowing. Do you know Adam was a pretty smart dude? Because you know Adam's the one that named every animal that you know and hear. He named them all. God didn't name them. Adam named them. He was a pretty smart guy. All right? Now, you know, he, he listened to his wife. That messed him up. But he was still, <laughs> it's like the way he goes. No, 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 let me help you. Let me rephrase that. You know, okay, here we go. I, 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 made, the big, I made the biggest mistake with, 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 with my wonderful wife, Pamela. I told her something that Brother Hagin told all of us young ministers. He said, listen, if you'll listen to the Holy Ghost and your wife, you're going to make it. And I told that to her, and she has never forgot that. She, she used that against me yesterday. She, I mean, that, that was a rhema word to her. I mean, I'm telling you, she just, I said, that's just, I said, yeah, but then, you know, um, I forget whatever else in the Bible, you know, Job's wife talked like a foolish woman. I said, you got to be careful there, too. We can use script now. Get off the foolishness. Sorry about that. Anyways, what happens is... Hallelujah. She's not here to defend herself. She's over there. And, and you ladies always make sure I get crucified every, every time I do that. So. But if we know that God wants to restore everything to us that we suffered because of what Adam sinned and because of what took place there, that God wants to restore these things back to us, uh, the key is, is that we need to ask, why are we lacking? Why are we so afraid of the Spirit of God if he's a comforter and he's a helper? See, because Satan's always attacking your soulish realm. He's always ta- attacking your mind, you know, your, your, your emotions. He's always trying to get you to look at things. He's always trying to bring confusion, doubts, imaginations, reasonings. Amen? Because like I, I started to share a story about my life. I was raised in a church that said it wasn't, you know, those things, but... Thank God that I got a hold of the truth of the word of God. And when I got a hold of the truth, the same spirit that I got born again in that church, which was so precious and they were so wonderful, that same spirit filled me. There's only one Holy Spirit, not two. It's not two different things. You know, it's just a continued going and understanding and getting hold of the word of God and just having a hunger and a desire for more of God. Because the enemy's always trying to get you to act in the flesh. Amen. 
See, see my, my title this morning is to restore control to your life. So that the things of the earth, the things of the world, because you guys know this, the earth is crazy. It's crazy out there, what they're doing, what they're saying, what we're seeing. We're just seeing things run rampant. We see this with anger. We see this with the spirit of murder. We see this with all these things that are happening, that they're unrestrained. And people want to say, you know, we took God out of a generation and we don't understand why uh, people are crazy. You know, I mean, I I really, really, uh, you know, uh, wish that this one place, it's still a church and it's really precious, but there was a museum, and it was a, it was a Christian museum in Tulsa, and it was for a mission. It was all about the history of uh, how Wycliffe in, in writing the Bible, and it was all about missionaries, and it actually had a wall of missionaries of all. It was like, it was huge. It was in the hallway there of all the missionaries that had given their lives uh, for the gospel. And, uh, but they had a whole bunch of rooms, and you could go and you'd watch uh, 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 different films and different things. But see, you know, uh, Stalin and, and, and all those guys said this, the way that we're going to defeat everybody and get all these things is we're just going to praise the kids for a while. All we need to do is get one generation not to serve God and we've got them. Amen. He said, we're just going to do this. All we got to do is get one generation that doesn't know anything and get them not to be about God. Make God, make things not, make the things of God not important. See, because church isn't important, it won't be anything for the next generation. If coming together isn't important, if the body of Christ, if the word of God is not life-giving, it's not going to be life-giving for the next generation. I remember one uh, wonderful lady, you know, said this, and, and when she said it, it just penetrated my heart. She said, I've got to stay on fire for God. She's an old Pentecostal lady. I love those ladies. She said, I've got to stay on fire, God. She says, because my lowest point in the spirit is going to be the highest point for the next generation. And boy, she convicted me. She would want me to pray for her and different things, you know. And, uh, uh, and I used to be like, I don't, need, I don't need to pray for you. You need to pray for me. <laughs> you didn't lay hands on me. You're 10 times more anointed than I am. <laughs> but what happens is, is that the devil is always trying to get us to look at the past, and our past failures, our past things. He's always trying to get he's always trying to get us to look at the goofy things. He's always trying to get us to look at things that didn't work instead of going back to the Bible and looking at the things that do work. Hallelujah. See, because did you notice over here in verse 17 of John 14? He said, Even the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. Did you know that when you're born again, you've got the spirit of truth in you? It's so amazing. I mean, I, I, I see all this stuff, and I see everybody arguing about this and arguing about all this stuff. Do you know, you know the spirit of truth. You've got an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. You do. The Bible tells you. The Bible says you have an anointing that abides within you so that you need not that any man teach you. And that doesn't mean that we don't need teachers. There's God-called teachers that expound the Word of God. And man, our eyes get open. It's so wonderful. But what he's saying, we know the truth. We know, and when you know the truth, you're not afraid of anybody else coming against what you know. Amen. I, you know, it's never bothered me that people. I've had some people. Well, I just want to come. I want to argue what you're doing. You can argue all you want to. It's not going to change my mind. I love you. Now, if you can bring the scriptures you want to discuss and you want to go through the Word of God, I love that. 
Because see, I love that. There's not, it's amazing. People can't disagree agreeably. We have a society now that you can't disagree or you're, you know, you're this or that. They want to call you all kinds of names if you don't agree with what they're doing. You're this kind of, you, they want to try to tell you, you've got to get along. Well, we don't need no get alongism. Praise God. We need to take the word of God and, and do what the word of God says. Hallelujah. Amen. We've got to understand, and we know, because when I was, you know, young in ministry, we used to, and I and only could do like one or two ministers that would do this, so then I decided I'd just do this with my wife, and, uh, and I do this now with, with uh, Pastor Pamela too, and uh, I, man, I, I love to take the word of God and try to disprove everybody's doctrine. Take scriptures and say, well, what do you do about this scripture? What do you do about this scripture? What do you do about this? You know, I can be on this side and be the devil's advocate, you know? And do things, and, and and you get on that side. You're trying to prove your, and that just is a blast. But there's very few people who can do that because everybody gets mad because if you shoot holes in their doctrine. But if you can shoot holes in it, then it needs to be shot up. <laughs> but and then that goes with the same thing for myself. But we used to say, well, what about this? What about that? And the reason being is because the Bible says God wants to give us, you know, he's given us the spirit of truth so we can look and he's given us his word. If it doesn't line up with the word, that's the key thing. Well, why do you, what makes that? Because this word is full of life. This word is what produces life on the inside. This produces joy. Remember, it says in verse 27, right after verse 26 in John 14, it says, peace I give to you. Aren't you glad for the peace of God? Aren't you glad, hallelujah, that you, that you, you allow God to be God in your life? Whew. Man, amen. And here's one of the biggest things that I've seen in the body of Christ. And I saw it when all this stuff happened with the pandemic. And that's what really changed my whole philosophy about everything. Is because I saw that the body of Christ knew a lot of knowledge. But they didn't have livable, uh, uh, experiential things of God. Because everybody got afraid. And everybody, everybody, I mean, every, everybody did. And it was like, okay, time out. Why? What are we doing here? And it, it's not, it wasn't about that there wasn't, because it's a real thing. You know, it's a real deal. It's a real deal. You know, the whole thing when it came, you know, COVID was a real deal. You know, I mean, 2020 of August, my wonderful wife was the poster child for COVID. She got all, everything, lost her smell, lost her taste. I mean, she got bronchitis, pneumonia. She was so close to being on the ventilator and all that kind of stupid stuff. But she never went into the, the, the hospital because I didn't let her. And, uh, uh, and we prayed and we did and I just stayed there. You know, we quarantined for what needed to do, but it got her well and whole. And uh, uh, the thing about it is, they said, well, what about you? Well... I was asymptomatic, okay, I don't, I don't, and I doesn't brag on that, just that it was, they said I had it, but you have no, nothing, you have nothing, I said, yeah, I know, it's okay, we just got to take care of everybody else, because the thing about it, but yeah, was it serious, yeah, it was very serious, very serious, I got friends that were very, I, you know, I mean, I had a lady that was in the hospital, really serious, she said, you just continue to pray, I said, listen, if you'll, if you'll let me, and you'll fight with me, we can get you healed, and she did, and we did. Did we people die from it? Yes, we did. It was very serious. Because it was an enemy that was come against us. But it's just like anything else that would come against you. Like, you know, all the other plagues that everything that came. All the other, like the swine flu, the bubonic, All these things that came that you had to deal with. But thank God for the peace in the word of God. 
We're not bragging on us. We're bragging on Jesus of what Jesus does. Because God wants us to, he wants to restore control back to our lives and not let the world be controlling. We're not supposed to be acting like the world, doing what the world, get in fear, get it on, and not be talking like them. I love what Brother Sam uh, Cortez says yesterday at the men's thing. You know, he, I, he was doing good, and then they cut him off. I was like, oh, man, he was doing good. He was preaching good. So, but it was really good because it's like, hey, do we believe what the Word of God says or do we not believe what the Word of God says? Amen? Amen. See, because in Proverbs it says, if you have rule over your own spirit, man, you're like a fortified city. But it also says, but if you don't, <laughs> if, if you don't do that, then you're a city without walls. Then the enemy can come in, he can wipe you out. He can mess you up. Amen? He can cause these, he can cause, it come to do, and he'll try to, you know, just make you think that, hey, I can't do this, I can't, no, praise God. Guess what God said in Hebrews, he said, cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward, that after you have done the will of God, you're going to receive the promise. That after you've done the will of God, you're going to receive the promise. Well, the promises are all the promises of God of what he said in his word. Amen? Because believe it or not, for the church, things are not as they seem. Did you know we're in revival? Now, if you're not revived, it's because it's your fault. (laughs) I mean, I'm not trying to be mean. You're as happy as you want to be. You're as joyful as you want to be. You're as peaceful as you want to be. If you're a Christian, if you're born again, understand this. I'm a pastor, so I'm teaching to the body of Christ. See, because Jesus just said, my peace I give. If Jesus gave you his peace, how good is it? What kind of peace is it? Jesus said, my joy I give to you so that your joy will be full. So what kind of joy is that? You know, we read all this stuff. We look at all this stuff, but we never take it to heart. We never go around, you know. I mean, I had a day. I had a day. You know, most of you have months and weeks when you get depressed and things like that. I had a day. And I've never had a day. I know, I'm a weird person. I realize that. I do realize. I used to think that, you know, everybody, you know, but no, I know I'm weird. But uh, I I am. You know, because I am. I'm always up. The glass is always half full. Everything is, I mean, I just, I just see, you know, I love Hallmarks. Crazy. I like happy endings. I hate reality shows. Who wants reality? We can see that every day. I never watch a reality. That's so stupid. It's like, yeah, they're stupid. It's like, why are we watching this? I don't understand that. I don't want to waste my time on something that's dumb. I want to waste my time. At least it's going to be fun at the end. You know, the good guys win. The bad guys get killed. It's all good. Okay? Hallelujah. That's why I like the Bible. But, uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but I had a day, and uh, I had I I I'd never had a day. When I say that, I had a day where it just was in a funk, and it just I couldn't get my mind to shut up, and I couldn't. It was just like, and it just was like, ugh. And I thought, and of course, you know, Pamela was praying because she's praying. She said, "What's wrong?" And of course, she, you know, when you tell me what's wrong, it that's not a good thing, especially when I'm like trying to deal with myself, and. and uh, I was just, and I thought, okay, Lord, what is going on here? And I mean, the enemy was just bombarding. I just could not, all the things, all these different things. And I said, all right, Lord, what do I do? And what happened was, is I was looking, 
Because the enemy was reminded of what's not going on or what's, what not was happening or what was not, didn't get complete. All of it, he was reminding him about all the things that were not completed. And man, I got overwhelmed. And I got so like, and I had to sit down. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, I just said, okay, Lord, we need to figure this out here. What is happening here? What is going on? You know, how did you? And I just looked to the inside of me because the Holy Spirit lives on the How many know he's, he's brilliant? He's the inside. He's the spirit of truth. He, and, and, look on the, and he has a personal involvement. I said, Holy Spirit, I know you're not having this day. I'm having this day. So we, you need to help me get out of this day. You need to help me so I can see what's going on. I want to help me to have your presence in my life. Because it is. And he says, why are you thinking on those things? He said, and, and he brought back the wonderful little saying that I have. You know, I, you know, the most wonderful thing is, is since I've been preaching for over 40 some odd years, uh, the, the, the Lord has a lot of ammunition against me. So what he does is he'll say, well, what are you always preaching to everybody else? If it doesn't bring life to you and praise to me, why are you thinking on it? He said, what did I say to the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8? Finally, my brother, think on these things. Things that are lovely and pure and of a good report. Does, is it lovely? No, it ain't lovely. Is it pure? No. You know, is it honest? No. Is it a good report? No. Is there any life in it? No. Then is, is it praising me? No. Then why are you thinking? Why are these thoughts in your head? Why are you allowing the enemy to rent space in your mind? <laughs> and I thought, I don't know why. He says, he, and he basically told me, he says, because you got, you're upset that you didn't get your way. <laughs> now see, he talks to me very plain. Maybe he don't talk to you that plain. But you're just upset because you didn't get your way. And so you're pouting. And you open the door. And then you remembered that, well, this didn't get done. I didn't get my way there either, did I? No, I didn't get my way over there. No, I remember that. I didn't get my way. There. They did this. I remember when this. And look at what this. And pretty soon, you're remembering all the things that you didn't get your way. <laughs> Amen. I'm glad he talks to some of you like he talks to me. It's good stuff. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he just began to tell me. He said, listen. He said, you have to change. And the only way to change your thought is by your speaking and taking hold. Because see, the Holy Spirit came to bring a life of consistency. He came to bring a life of joy, a life of peace. You've got greater as he that is in you than he that's in the world. He, he came to bring this life, this dynamic, this wonderful glory to God, life of being born again, being filled with the Spirit, allowing God to be God in our lives. Oh, it's, I mean, we should be the most excited right now than we've ever been because we are closer for Jesus to come back. We, everything going, we ought to be sharing the gospel. We ought to be the, the power. We ought to be laying hands on the sick, seeing them recover. We ought to be allowing the spirit of God to direct our life. We ought to be at the right place at the right time. Hallelujah. Because God is doing great things in our lives. But we got to stir up that gift. We got to stir up the gift of God. We got to let the spirit of God lead so we follow. You know, how many, how many, you know, when I was growing up, we played a game called follow the leader, but my brother was always the leader. 
And I, I didn't know for years that he was following the leader. I was just being his slave. <laughs> he was just bigger. He could beat me up, but he just, how good if I follow the leader? He said, again, if I follow the leader. I never got to be the leader. It's not good. That's probably why I'm the leader now. I've always been the leader. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, I just said, uh-uh, I'm going to be, we're playing father the leader, I'm going to be the leader. But that's messed me up in a whole bunch of things because I wanted to lead the Holy Spirit. I wanted to say, this is a great way to go, look at this, come on Holy Spirit, let's do this. He's like, no, we want to go this way, but this is so cool, let's do this. And he's letting me fall flat on my face, he's letting me just do stupid things. But I found out that if I follow him, I'm always blessed. Because the spirit always leads, it never follows. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, the one thing about it with the Holy Spirit, it's pretty amazing uh, of what takes place, is that he'll show us things to come. You're there in John 14. Go to John 16. Let's, let's wind this thing up here. We're not going to wind it up. I've got a lot more things to do. We've only got page two, so we're good. <laughs> hey, that's, that's usually farther than we do get. And here's something too. Let me just share with you too. I really, in seriously in this, God's strength in you, the spirit of God in you is far greater than all of your weaknesses, all of your faults, all your failures. He's not, you know, I mean, gosh, you know, we look at things and when we see things, I mean, you can imagine Jesus picking Peter to be a disciple. Wow. Loud mouth, okay, just not listening, always, you know, doing things, and, uh, but hey, God, God saw something in them. I mean, what about, what about James and John? I mean, called th- sons of thunder. Let's call lightning down for, let's kill them all. <laughs> let's just kill them all. And then God says, and then, then, so John writes a whole gospel here, we see, what does John call himself? The apostle, Yeah. I, I am the disciple whom Jesus loves. I am the disciple whom Jesus loved. I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved. And he said that so much that Peter knew that because, you know, at the Last Supper, Peter reaches out and says, John, he likes you better than me. You ask him who's going to betray him. He'll tell you. <laughs> I mean, come on. You got these guys. And, 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 and so, but, God, but you know, Jesus doesn't look on the outward appearance. Jesus doesn't look at all the flaws. Jesus sees the heart and he sees, this is the crazy, he sees all of your potential. Wow. He sees all of your potential. Hallelujah. But look at verse 13 of John chapter 16. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, there it says it again. You know, when Jesus, he said the spirit of truth three times in John 14, 15, every, each chapter he says the spirit of truth. And I, so I, I love that. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Oh, man. He will show you things to come. We know what the future holds. The future holds the glory of God. The future holds the favor of God. The future holds the mercy and the grace of God. God's going to see to it, hallelujah, that we're taken care of. God's going to see to it that we're going to finish our course, amen? God's going to see to it that there's nothing out there that's going to stop us from doing what he has called us to do or what he has planned for our lives, amen? 
we see this, we see God's hand, and it's like, wow, hallelujah. What he's doing. And that's why I say, Lord, you just show me things to come. Show me things to come. You open up my eyes to see so we can walk these things out, so we can receive all that you have, hallelujah, for our lives. You know, Jesus was anointed. And the Bible says that Jesus had, or on him, was a spirit of wisdom and understanding. He had a spirit of counsel. He had a spirit of might, a spirit of knowledge. He had an understanding of the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And he didn't judge anybody after the flesh. But he judged because of the heart. He looked and he didn't judge anybody after the you know, uh, sight of his eyes or, or neither the hearing of his ears. He always judged by the, his heart of what took place. That's why when Nicodemus came to him at night and he said, Master, we know that you're from God. Nobody does the miracles that you do from God. And Jesus didn't even answer. He said, you got to be born again. And Nicodemus says, what? He said, you've come here seeking an answer is what he came. You've come here with questions. See, so many people have come with questions. It's come with so many questions. There's a world out there that has so many questions. And us Christians, we've been so wishy-washy. We've been so up and down and all around and about. We don't really know what the whole truth of things of the Word of God. Instead of knowing Jesus Christ and Him crucified, knowing that Jesus is the answer. Because, folks, Jesus is the answer. If you truly get born again, it changes everything. It changes, every, it changes your whole outlook. It changes your whole perspective. It changes you. And when it changes you, you get to receive all that he has for your life. That's why you can say, well, you seem to have so much confidence. I have confidence. I have great confidence. I'm not going to cast away my confidence because I have great confidence. And it has great recompense of reward. It means I'm going to get the reward of my confidence. Amen. The Bible says in 1 John, says, this is the confidence that we have in him. I have confidence in Jesus. I have confidence in the Holy Spirit. I know his voice. I know I'm going to walk in line with his word. Amen. He said, this is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his word or his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have. Amen. I've got confidence in him. Why? Because I know he defeated the enemy. I know he made a way. How did, I know that he opened up heaven. I know that he caused all of these things. But all of that spirit of counsel and all that spirit of wisdom and everything that Jesus had, Jesus said, I'm going to send you another one just like me. And he's going to have all of that same spirit of counsel, that same spirit of wisdom, that same spirit of understanding, that same spirit of knowledge, that same spirit of strength, that same spirit of understanding the spirit of, or the fear of the Lord. That's it. Everything that I have, he has. And guess what? I'm going to not only put him with you, but he's going to be in you. So when you say, I don't know, what do you mean you don't know? That means you're walking by your head. I can't do it. That means you're walking by your strength. I don't understand. You're walking by your knowledge. Man, I am so glad, hallelujah, that I died when I was nine years old. Because I got born again at nine years old. Mark Butler died. But Mark Butler in Christ Jesus has been alive and well and growing ever since. And, and knowing, thank God, I've got an understanding. I've got an unction from the Holy One. I know all things. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I thank God I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And if I have to do so, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. <laughs> you know, and if I don't know, thank God I've got somebody who'll show me how to know. I've got the Holy Spirit who brings things to my remembrance, who give me wisdom, who give me strength. Amen? We'd, we've got what the world needs to fix everything. Hallelujah. If they just come to Jesus and they just get a revelation of who he is and what he's done in our lives. But we've got to receive it. We've got to take it. That's what Pentecost does. That's what the Spirit of God, that's what the church is about. Hallelujah. See, because we got born again. Thank God we're saved. Thank God we're going to get to go to heaven. But God left us here. Why did he leave us here? So we could show the world and we could show the devil and all of his you know, demons how great God is. God wanted to manifest his wisdom. God wanted to manifest his glory. That's my kid doing that. Look at what he's doing. Look what she's doing. Look at this. Woo! God's exciting. Amen? See, God's desire is for that, for you and me. That's why, that's why he told the disciples, don't do anything until you be endued with power. To be endued with power on high. He said, then you'll become witnesses. Then you'll become a witness. You'll become living examples. You'll become living letters. Everybody can come read your life. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I preached me happy this morning. Hallelujah. Let's bow, let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just honor you. Glory to God. I don't know how long I've gone, but Father, you're so good. I just thank you and praise you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah for form-fitting and for bringing forth and for just sharing my heart this morning. Sharing the love of God. Just sharing your peace, your, your, your plans and your purposes. Father God, I want them to see who they are in Christ. And I want them to see that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God lives and dwells on the inside of them. That they don't have to walk in darkness. And yeah, I know the Word of God says that our flesh and our spirit, they war. But our spirit should be so strong that our flesh has to succumb. That it has to line up. And the dividing factor is what we know by the Word of God. It's our soul. It's our mind, hallelujah. It's what we renew our mind on the word of God. But Father, the, the greatest thing is, is that I've talked to the church. I've talked to people who already have an experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. But Father, if there's anybody here that hasn't experienced Jesus, and they've seen and you've just touched their life, you've brought them here because they're curious. You've brought them here, Father, because they're looking for answers. As just like we all were at one time, we were looking for answers. We needed to know that we needed a Savior. Father, you sent us a Savior. We didn't need an educator. We didn't need any other kind of a philosopher. We didn't need any kind of... We needed a Savior because we needed someone to save us from ourselves. We also needed someone to save us from sin. And Lord, I thank you for that. Now, I thank you, Father God, because there is a lost and dying world out there that we need to reach. We need to share the gospel with them. The love, it's the good news that Jesus is not mad at them. That God's not punishing anybody. But that God created a good earth. Hallelujah. God created a good things and the devil has perverted it. There's an enemy that's arrayed against us. But thank God Jesus defeated the enemy. But we have to believe in him. So that we can walk in our authority and our power. And Paul told the church at Rome. He said. 
if you would believe in your heart and you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you would be saved. Because with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, but it's with our mouth that we confess unto salvation. So we have to say something. It's believing and saying. And it seems so simple, but God made it simple so that we could all start out on the same level. He said he's given to every man the measure of faith. Hallelujah. And he's drawing people, drawing people by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. It's, it's, it's his job. Hallelujah. So as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or if you're watching, lots of folks are watching, God loves you. I always talk about the promises of God. I always talk about the goodness and the grace of God. And I always want you to talk about how, how, what we need to do and what we have. But, you know, the greatest thing is you can't get that until you get Jesus. You can't receive any of that stuff until you receive him. So, you know, how if you're here or if you're watching and you, you know that, you know, you can think, you know whether or not you're born again, whether you have a real relationship with Jesus. I mean, how do you know when you mean it? How do you know when you really mean to somebody you want them to know your heart? You want them to know you really mean it. That's how you do it with Jesus. I mean, that you really mean it. And the Bible says that when you do that, your life is changed. You become a new creature in Christ Jesus. So anywhere here, if you want me to pray with you, I'll pray. I'll lead you in the prayer. Because sometimes we don't want to do, but I'll lead you in the prayer. And if you want us to pray, then just raise your hand real high. When I say real high, just raise it up. It, I'll see it. I love you. I care. Whatever you want. Because God loves you. You know, it, today's the day of salvation. It's not leaving the, but because if you have to stand before God, he's going to unveil this, this video this morning. And he's going to say, well, you were there. Why didn't you respond? And that's the response. We all may be born again because usually that's what we are. We have to go out and get people. Hallelujah. But if you're not, and you want to be, just raise your hand. Let's pray. I see that hand. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else want to join this one? Because there are things that take place. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm looking again. And all of you watching too, just raise yours. All right. I want all of us to say this prayer. It's not the prayer that saves you, but it's you believing in your heart and you confessing. So say this. Say, Heavenly Father. I believe with all my heart that you sent Jesus to die for me. So right now, I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for forgiving me of all of my sins and making me a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father that I'm going to make heaven and I'm going to miss hell. Hallelujah. 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 Now, if you said that and you really meant it, praise God, God's, God's heart, God's desire. He loves you, cares for you. Because it's all about the love of God. He loves you so much. He loves you guys. He loves us. Hallelujah. And he's got so much for us. And we in the church need to rise up and be the church. Hallelujah. Not in arrogancy or anything, but in love and in joy that people want to hang out with us. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah.